2020, um, the year of the failing extrovert. I had a really f***ed up year, you know. This is the year I've been shot down and got back up the most amounts of time in my life. That was the hardest year of my life, where I've used all the juice in my f***ing stomach, but I've thought about more than my entire life when I've been in a business about quitting this year. It's five minute periods. We don't have to play the entire game, game babe. Just show Just everything. Just show everything. Everything. And that's, that's what we did. Keyword. And so people everything. really started getting interested. But they're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, people are <laughs> like, what are you guys doing? I'm Jake the Rover. My life goal is simple. WWE star called Mr. America. My name is Leslie Carls. My nickname is The Panda. And I run this ship. Nick, just Nick. Can I get a midday squares? We are live. It is the Midday Squares Uncensored Podcast. You know what we talk about. It's family business, entrepreneurship, chocolate, and whatever fucks are on our mind. Les, before we get into it, we have a little bit of housekeeping to do. Housekeeping? Yes, you're sad. Why are you sad right now? No, I'm not yes, sad. Yes, you are. There's coffee that you can't get to. <laughs> okay, so my co- so we're in the podcast room. We've yet to get our table. And uh, my coffee's not at arm's length, so it looks like I'll have to make a new coffee after the podcast. I am sad because I haven't had my morning coffee yet, but what are you going to do? Jacques, have you had your morning coffee yet? Yeah, I just don't understand why, Leslie, you can't just hold it. No, I, I, I would feel too uncomfortable. But what's Jock Jake, a.k.a. The Strap, what is the beef you have with coffee these days? There's a certain, you've switched your habits yeah. I see there's a boatload of coffee being shipped mid one o'clock every day to the office. Yeah, no, that's more generous. That's for the team. I, I, I get like those, what do you call it? It's like- The um, jugs. No, no, but there's a name for it. There's a, like it's the McJagger, but I don't know what it's called. Anyways, it's this big box from McDonald's and it's basically, a, it fills 12 cups and me and Lan, our videographer, are the ones that tank down six to 10 of those cups. And I just like the taste of McDonald's coffee. So- Here's the problem. I used to go to Starbucks every single morning and I respect the brand tremendously. Like I have Huge. mad, mad respect Huge. for what they built. Huge. Problem is I saw it at the grocery store. Okay. And my mother, Felicia, she bought me this jug. Okay. For at home, this iced coffee jug. Cold brew. Cold brew. Yeah. I was sick to my stomach. You know why? It was not branded aligned with the Starbucks experience. So that moment, believe it or not, it changed my opinion on Starbucks completely. And then the price came in. So I respect experience and pricing. I understand that. But then I saw McDonald's. I tasted the bean. And the bean was so delicious for $1.40 right now. <laughs> you get an extra large coffee or a large coffee. It comes warm, not too hot. And you feel fucking good every time you have it. Hey, so that's you always ask for a, a nice cube in your coffee. I know, but that's the no, transition. She, she's missed the whole point. She missed the whole point. You missed the whole point. <laughs> always. You always have to. <laughs> Starbucks literally basically got out of whack with what they did. And I agree. I can actually attest to the audience that I remember specifically the day that Jake 
receive this this jug of coffee and was disgusted by it. Can we show a picture in the Yeah, in we're going to we're going to put we're It is gonna, ugly. It is an ugly Yeah, cuz it it doesn't it doesn't align at all <laughs> with who they are as a company and the quality that they put out. When I listen to the original Starbucks CEO on a podcast and he talks about going to Italy to all the piazzas and having the coffee with the beans and then you have that on the shelf, big misalignment, big no, but misalignment. It's not sleek. It's just this chunky jug. Um, I agree. It's, it's, I, wasn't, I saw it in the fridge too. I was like, what is this? This is a perfect example, everybody that's listening to, is that you don't want to get to a point with your brand that you think that you're better than product, where you think your brand is so strong that you could slap it on any fucking thing and it will sell. Because the truth is, yes, if you've built brand integrity, you will sell that one item, but then you lose a customer whose lifetime to, to your biggest competitor. Anywho. But I'd love to finish with one thing. They commoditized the product after building an experience and that was the issue. They went to the commodity outlet and my brother, Casey, who doesn't like, he's not a brand guy, okay? He's a commodity guy. He loves commodities. He loves it. He thinks it's the most genius concept. And me, on the other hand, who loves brands, loves the experience, can't fathom it anymore. So he might have gained a cut. They might have gained a customer, but they lost me, who was a lifetime. All right. So today's show, I thought it was important. We're coming to the end of 2020. And I really wanted to, when I was sitting, so for everybody that doesn't know, we brought on a new producer. Her name's Kara. She's really... Shout, shout out, Kara. She's helping us produce all of our content and this podcast. And we were talking about what this week's show was going to be. And I felt that it would be inauthentic. I feel like we've had a rough little... Last week was a hard week for everybody. Not, not I mean, I can say for myself it was a hard week. And that it would be inauthentic if we came on the show and acted every single time that we came on the show like everything was all rosy. Because that's, that's just not the truth. And... Um, and so today we're going to get into, I hate to bring up the name, but we're unpacking 2020. COVID has obviously been the thing at the centerpiece of all of 2020. Um, and I think we just want to shed some light on you guys, the listeners, that most probably what you're going through is what we're going through. And the whole point of this show is to make sure that you believe that by the end of the show that we're actually going through what you're going through and that it's not all Rosies at Midday Squares all the time. And before we get into the actual show, I thought that this was an incredible quote. You know, I know we bring quotes to the show and everything, but today I just wanted to, this was for me, guys, for both of you to listen to. Um, it made me feel better. Brian Feroldi, I actually don't know who he is, but somebody I follow on Twitter liked this and I really loved it. The biggest returns are exclusively reserved for investors and entrepreneurs with the strongest stomachs and the longest time horizon. And that was really impactful. It was a moment that I just needed to fucking hear. And so on that note, let's unpack, you know, the fatigue, the frustration, the exhaustion of this last year and really just talk about it like live on the show. I want to know how you guys are feeling. And so Les, how have you been handling just the fatigue of trying to grow midday squares um, while being in this pandemic? And, and specifically, we've done shows on this, so I don't want to get into that aspect, but really get into the emotional fatigue of, of what's been going on in your life yeah, in this past year. I'm, I'm exhausted. You know, I'm exhausted. I am over 2020. 
Um, I remember when we went into 2020, um, the three of us were chatting. We had really big um, ambitions. And and I think we really had um, a great year. But we had this was probably one of the hardest years of my life, um, to put that into perspective. It was great, but it was bittersweet. And I, I'm, I'm just exhausted, man. I mean, between the, you know, emotionality of midday squares, our, our relationships together as the tripod, you know, like we've been doing therapy twice a week, um, for the last, like, I don't know, six, seven months. Like I remember last week we just said we needed a break because people don't realize like therapy, yeah, I'm getting emotional now as I speak about it. It's like, it's so intense, you know, you're going in there, you're having the hardest conversations of your life. And it's a con- like that, that's hard, right? W- conversations are hard. So there's been that component of us really doubling down on our, on our, on the tripod relationship and doing those therapy sessions, which have been really hard for me emotionally wise. Um, and then balancing, you know, the team, 30 teammates, you know, it, it's not, I think that's the hardest part about midday squares is not the work that has to be done for me, at least it's the keeping everybody motivated, keeping everybody feeling good. You know, when I have my one-on-one weekly meetings with my team members, like there's breakdowns that happen, you know, and I got to lift people up. I'm their lead, you know? And so even like on Friday, I had a shit day, you know, we had a thing Thursday night, the three of us, we went into Friday morning, we had production issues and Nick and I got into an explosive fight. And the rest of the day, you guys didn't know this, but I had about four other people come to me, breakdowns, breakdowns, like literally bawling, crying, I'm not sure I can do this type of breakdowns. People, uh, you know, in the production team telling me all these incoming issues. And and I had to just take it and and be positive for them and lift them up when I was broken inside. And so that's the definition of what 2020 has been like, being broken because of everything that's going on, COVID, this and that, and still having to lift people up has been the hardest thing for me. I think, you know, one of the main things that you did say on the therapy piece, that that's where I want to interject. For everybody listening, I'm learning to shut the fuck up while we're doing this podcast. (laughs) I'm learning to shut the fuck up and listen. Um, No, is... Therapy, we have to do it in the mornings. And the hardest part about that is like, think about that. 8.30 rolls around and you got to work after that. So it's like, boom, you just did a one hour fucking session of like all this stuff. And then you got to put on your work hat and go to work. Jake, Les, that was brilliant. I love it. How have you been handling the fatigue of managing a million emotions? Million? What about five million? (laughs) (laughs) No, Uh, excuse me. 2020, um, the year of the failing extrovert, I would call it. And for everyone that's an extrovert out there, you know, I really feel what you're going through because I had, I had, I had a really fucked up year. You know, for, forget about the actual virus. And I'm, I'm glad I'm healthy. I'm very healthy, and I've been healthy over the last year. It's the emotional factor of. It's hard to say. So. Before 2020, I was going, I was running around, having fun. I was with people. I I was hugging. I was jumping. I was doing these things that are physically touching and very close with humans. And then you get a year where you're basically told you can't do that anymore. And people around you that were doing that with you aren't doing that with you anymore. And they feel weird about it. So you start to really get shot down. And 
This is the year I've been shot down and got back up the most amounts of time in my life. But that's emotionally draining. You know, they say you get knocked down, get back up. But it's not about that because you can get knocked down all the time, but it doesn't take into account all the knock blows that have permanent damage on you. Yeah, one shot down, yeah, you're okay, you get back up. Two, you're okay. What about 20, 30, 40, 50, 60? This is the year that 60 times I fell from top-notch realization to bottom, back to top. Imagine a zigzag like a DJ, and it goes up, (laughs) down, up, down, up, down, up, down. That's my year because I put a lot of adrenaline in my system to get myself back up, lift myself back up, tell myself I could do this, and then to the next moment, back down, then back up, back down. And it just, it hurts because you can't, you can't just recuperate. There's not that time when you feel like you have to go out and do it. And a moment came up the other day where I was told just get on a plane and go. And the reason why is because we need to build our business. We need to keep expanding and we need to go and do things. But there's this real thing out there that has affected our business and affected our people and me, myself. When I go there, I know I see and I get discouraged because it's like you're going up to someone and then next thing you know, like they're backing away from you. And the conversation automatically changes because the uncomfortableness of someone else comes onto you, which then triggers an emotion in your system to react and not defend, but go into this weird mode of like, what's happening? The human's not used to that. So the human brain isn't used to that, which triggers an uncomfortable situation. And it just discouraged me. It brought me down to like being in power. I'm paralyzed. I feel like I'm paralyzed right now. Even though there's a light at the end of the tunnel, I'm paralyzed and that light's not shining for me. And I'll tell you what, the truth, it's not. I don't see it. I used to see it. Eight months ago, I saw it. Seven months ago, I saw it. Right now, December, I don't see it, even though it's so close. Because of those those hits, those blows, that's what damaged me. And I feel damaged, and I'm having a hard time really getting back up on my two feet right now. And I see that, that I, I understand that there's a light from what people are saying, but I just can't feel it. I can't see it. And I'm struggling with the ability to see it so, that I, so I can get back up and just go run because I can't do that right now. I don't have the energy. And it's sad because our business needs that right now. It's going to need it as we launch the United States. And we need to be there. We need to build our ground teams. We need to work about expanding the city like we do here in Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver. But blows just keep coming. They keep coming. And at one point, a human can't, we're not, we're not superheroes. I'm sorry. So that's how I'm feeling. Yeah, no, that, that that's heavy, man. Uh, and I think that's the beauty about the the tripod is like, so one of the beautiful things about us being a tripod is that like I listened to what you were just saying and I was like, fuck, you know what? I want to be that that source of inspiration for you at this moment in time. I want to get out there and, and make you, you know, I think I said it and I said it in the wrong terms, but what I meant by it is I want to show you that, you know, you could you could pull it together and be that source of courage for you. And I think that's a big piece. You know, last week was the tipping point for the COVID uh, excuse valid. Is a COVID excuse valid or non-valid anymore at this point in time? And and we're going to get to you, Les. But the point I'm trying to make is it's, uh, and Jake, this is not um, directed towards you at all. What I mean is over the last year, we've had this real thing that's happened in the world. And so you can't deny that it's happening. And so for a long period of time, when you're speaking with people, you constantly get 
an excuse of some sort, which isn't a valid, which is a valid excuse, which is we're in COVID times, this can't happen, or we're in COVID times, you can't do that, or blah, blah, blah. there's a million. I'm sure everybody listening has probably experienced that. But at what point do we separate between COVID times and resilience, and then getting away from the fact that people at some point start to hide behind this pillar. And again, not directed at you. I'm talking about generally everybody, because I know you've all experienced of COVID being a thing. And, and, and you know, that, that's that been tough for me. That's been really, really hard. Les, I saw your hand was up. Well, we actually didn't get to how you're feeling. Yeah. So. Oh, fuck. We didn't even talk about how I'm feeling. Okay, well, I'll yeah. jump in after that. Yeah, okay. Um, I would say that this year has been a year as well that has tested me. I won't say so my everybody who knows this, my father died when I was 10. If you don't know now, you know, that was the hardest year of my life. So I put that at the pillar of number one. This would come in in a close second. And the reason is, is because to Jake nailed it on the point for me. It feels some days that it's manic. The highs and lows that we experience at Midday Squares are so fucking crazy that I look in the mirror sometimes and I feel like I'm going insane. And the insanity, I ask myself, why am I subjecting myself to this pain? Nobody puts a gun to my head every single day to come and do this. This is a dream that's entirely been thought up by us three um, and that we continue to forge forward. And now the answer is when you really start to dive into why we do this, it becomes pretty fucking apparent why we show up. But to Jake's point is getting knocked down and getting back up takes a tremendous amount of energy. Physics has even proven this. When you have to go from one state to another, the amount of energy required is huge. Very different than something that's already in motion. To get it in motion is the hardest part. And so one time we get knocked down, we get back up. Two times, three times, four times. Your, your literal fucking mechanics, your engine starts to look at you being like, yo, dude, I don't have any fucking gasoline left in this tank. And you're trying to reignite this engine and it's just not happening. So you go even deeper. You crawl into, I don't know where the fuck I'm in my legs now. I'm not even in my stomach anymore. I've used all the juice in my fucking stomach. So I'm in my legs and I'm trying to find some juice in my legs. And then you pull that up and it's, it's, to a certain point, it's artificial juice. And so, to you know, like we talk about this at our therapy sessions all the time. There's not capacity. There's no fucking capacity in your brain. And so then you walk into midday squares and you get hit by this person's emotions or this person's emotions or this distributor or this supplier or this fucking anything, you name it. And you're just on edge. You have no fucking patience is the best way to put it. And then you as the owner are required to have this superpower, sub, subhuman, godlike uh, level of emotionality that you can deal with all this. And it's, you know, it's just not true. It's just not true. And so... It's been the hardest fucking year of my life to the point where everybody that's listened to this and if you follow the Instagram and you think, oh, wow, Midday Squares is killing it. Absolutely, we're thrilled with the progress we're making. But I've thought about more than my entire life when I've been in a business about quitting this year. Like legit, 
Like and I'm talking like level five quits, like where you throw in the towel, you put gasoline on it, light fire, and then hopefully the whole thing blows up. That's the type of quitting I'm thinking about. So that's that's my year. Um, and yeah, I don't mean it to be that way, but I want you to know that that's what I'm going through when you listen to the show. So we're pushing. And so I'm sure you guys are all going through the same thing. And I'm not looking for pity by being on here. I'm just looking to form um, uh, people out there knowing that, hey, like, it's okay. It, it's a tough one. Les, uh, we were right before I got into that, we were talking about the COVID excuse. Is it valid or invalid? So I'm, I'm, I'm at the, of the opinion that it's not valid. So I'm in the opinion that like there are these rules and yes, they are, they're there, but I'm just like, I'm not going to let this stop us from success. Like it, that, that for me, it's bullshit. Like no one can tell me what to do or what not to do. Yes, we have to follow rules. We have to follow things. You have to be safe and that's fine. But I think if we don't try, we'll never know. And then you're just following the herd. And I think back to the way Midday Squares operates is like, if the herd's going right, we go left. And until like, you know, when we started this thing, like, you know how much shit we did, you know, when it came down to like, you know, I'll even talk about the certificates and stuff. Like we were in process of having a certificate. Everyone's like, don't launch your product until it's 100% approved. And we're like, no, we're launching it. Like everything is aligned. We're launching it. And it was fine in the end. Nobody cared, right? This that We got the cert and, and it was- a The organic certification. The organic certification. It was totally fine. But what I'm trying to say is everybody guided us on the other side of that. And we did it. And there was no, it was the right move. So I'm just like, yes, people will tell you no all the time. People will judge you, say it's not good. Are you woke? Are you tone deaf or whatever? Like, these are the terms people will say to us. I'm so over that. Yo, say that to yourself. Like, we're doing our thing. And we've had a, we've had a, a, a successful year by the books because we were we took an untraditional route. Yes, we are having trouble. Of course, we're managing all this. Like Jake said, like yeah, obviously when you get knocked down, there's 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 permanent damage that happens. But you know, to the point that you were saying about getting on a plane and going, it's like you have all these ideas in your head now that it's going to be a certain way. Because you've put these ideas in your head. The world has put these ideas in your head. Media has put ideas in your head. You have, you don't know what it's going to be like if you fly down to LA and you link up with somebody from LA. It might be amazing. You might love it, but you won't know until you actually do it. So my thing is, is go out there, take risks, try new things, do it. The worst case scenario is you get in trouble or you say, someone says, sorry, that doesn't work out. You know, that can't happen. So I'm in the opinion of taking risks. And I think that, you know, a lot of people have made excuses about the COVID uh, situation. You know, early on, uh, you know, people were like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that because of COVID. Even some people were saying they were, weren't coming. We weren't able to come here when we offered Ubers for everybody for three months. You know, we paid for them, to, people to come and go through Uber. If you were able to work from home, we allowed it to a certain point. And I think that, you know, the people who continue to make the, the, the statements that they didn't feel safe or whatever, that's their choice. And so the repercussions of that is you lose your job right? Because we have to continue trekking. So the repercussions that was, okay, we've made it as safe as we can. And if you're not happy, then the other, the other situation is that you can go find a job somewhere else or, or go take government aid. So I think that there's always going to be a left or right turn. And I think that you, you just, you just got to go out there and make the turn that you feel you want to make. 
Yeah, I think, listen, I agree to most of it. Uh, some of it's tough to agree with just because people are experiencing this in a different way um, than they've ever had before. You know, you have an economy that collapsed. This is people's livelihood. We weren't affected by that. Um, we changed our ways. We got, we got, I wouldn't say it's luck. It was a bit of strategic and a luck together that helped us grow during this time. But when you're going to see people and you're doing things and people have been affected to that extent or to a health extent of losing someone to this 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 virus, it, it really can create a bad impression that you put with the energy of not following the herd on this one. And I agree, there's moments where I would agree not following the herd and following the herd. And you have a public health scare that hasn't been around for 100 years, that, that this world hasn't experienced. Probably all humans that have been there, maybe minimal amounts, maybe 0.05% have gone through this. You have a real thing happening. And I used to think like that, actually. I used to be, when, it, when, when the virus came, I was very open about my verbal of, let's go do everything. Let's go in there. Let's go, I want to go play hockey. I want to do all these things. But then I started getting this backlash. I started receiving backlash from things and I started feeling it. And then I started to try to put myself in other people's shoes. I tried. So recently I've been stepping in other people's shoes and understanding where their heads up because for me, it doesn't make sense because you're right, there's media, there's storytelling that's happening, that's propaganda style stuff that's basically scaring and driving fear into people. But some of those people actually went through something. And we, I was reading stories the other day, yesterday, about people's experiences. And it's fucked up. I'm not saying that people are not going through something. I agree. I think the world's going through things. I also think that the world has seen our grandparents have been through pandemics where they were shut down for three, four months at a time. Um, and and they obviously didn't have the media and stuff. But th we ha the world has seen it and then the world has prevailed. And I think that at the end of the day, you know, obviously going out and being irresponsible is a different story, right? Like no one's saying we have to go and be irresponsible. I'm saying be responsible, follow the guidelines, but don't let it block you. And, 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 and I think at the end of the day, that's what I'm trying to say. And, and I think that I don't think what we had was luck at all. And when we, when we push forward in, in April or May, I don't believe in luck. I think we doubled down on a strategy. We put our money where our mouth was and, and we pushed, you know, we, we did. I'm talking about our situation when I talk about this stuff. Everybody else, I can't tell people what their situations are. And I also know that a lot of people are hurting and have gone through a lot of horrible things. I'm just saying everybody should have first principle thinking for their own situation and do what's best for them. I'm talking what's best for me. But the moral of the story is <clears throat> you are tired of people hiding behind the COVID. Yes, experience. yes. Well, it, 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 is, it is a tough one. It's a tough one. It's the boy who cried wolf. And, 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 and the problem is, is that for 99% of the population that's telling the truth, you have the 1% of the rotten eggs that spoil it for everybody, right? And then you start to lose trust in who's telling the truth and who's not telling the truth. And that's where the situation becomes tough. Um, to your point, though, we made it through this year and by the books had a successful year, but look at the collateral damage that it caused. There is real collateral damage in going out and trying to fucking win when everybody's like, when the whole world is like stopped. It's and, crazy. And it, it's absolutely bananas. That's why we feel so wrecked. That's why we look the way we are. That's why the, we feel the way we are, because we have been pushing against the grain from the minute this thing hit. I agree. You know what's fucked up, though, on like on moving on to another note is the idea of now you have all these people that are are rolling behind like the jumping on the remote work bandwagon and that like 
you know, conferences are no longer needed and all that type of stuff. And I'm like, so I disagree so hard. Me too. Well, offices are closing permanently. Yeah. I, I'm just like, okay, this is, this is, again, we've gone to full polarism. Like how many people here need human interaction? Like, I, (laughs) that's what I'm trying to say. Like Lan, our videographer, I remember he was uh, isolated for almost four months. And when he came to start working here, he's like, oh my God, the amount of people that I needed to see in my life has like brought my levels from here to here. And I just think we're a culture that, yes, in theory, not having to drive to an office every day is great not having to do all these things. But the flexibility behind it, in my opinion, is the most important going into this new year. You cannot convince me that a non-office world is the right future and that video conferencing is everything. Like, I don't know about you and I wouldn't want it. Like, I am so done with like how many Zooms or Google videos I do a day. It, and it's it's cool. It's cool. I was just speaking with my best friend who, who who doesn't live here anymore. And it's great that aspect. But I just feel like seeing a human in a in a computer has completely detached me from the excitement. The excitement is what I'm missing. You, you don't get, you know, the other day we were on the phone. We had an important call, um, our sales team. And, you know, they're like, let's do we could potentially do a Zoom meeting with the buyer. And it bothered me. Um, I got rattled. I went a little bit on the offense um, because I was like, no, let's do it in person because they'll be able to see it. And the reason why I said that is because when you're on a computer screen, you can't you can't feel the tingly effect yes. of what it is to go into like, Yes. Or like when you speak, when I spoke in front of, here, Leslie spoke the other day in, in front of a huge crowd online. I don't know if it felt the same way, but when I spoke the other two weeks ago or three weeks ago to 200 students, I didn't feel any nerves and usually I feel nerves. There was no nerves because what is it? It's on a computer. I'm interviewed by two people and it's like, oh, no one's there. It's There's no noise. There's no crowd. There's no fans in the stadium. There's no energy. There's no energy. So I didn't give my full energy. I tried because all that collateral damage doesn't let me get to that full thing because all the adrenaline that we're pumping, yeah. it, it there's only limited Babe, supply. It's you need a- people to energize you. It's yeah. like celebrities, right? Or like what, what with the hockey, you guys this year with the hockey, um, oh, you horrible. guys hated it because yeah, you were playing. Yeah. Yes, so many people checked out because the there was NHL no playoffs crowd. The NHL playoffs. There was no crowd. There was no cheering or booing. Like that's what makes it. That's the energy that Humans makes it. Humans make it. Yeah. And my point was that at the end of the day, um, that buyers meeting that can't happen in person was another blow. On a day where where we had enough blows that Friday yeah, last week, that was a huge blow because it's like no, you can't. And again, I get what you're saying about hiding behind the rules and the word can't or you, you're not allowed. It frustrates the three of us, especially because we're, we're we've programmed ourselves to not accept the word can't. Our whole or lives. No, our whole, our life. whole lives. Well, it's a buildup of it, right? It's yeah. as, as time goes on, you get better, better, better. And you start saying no. And then I thought about a lot of thoughts, the million thoughts that you were talking about, the five million thoughts. But what went down my head most and what re-energized me to come back this week and come back with that real adrenaline, not the artificial adrenaline, is I got a phone call last week on Friday night. Oh, preach. Tell me. I need this. I I need this. It was Friday night. And the person said, I'm in a panic. And I'm thinking, why is this person calling me? You know, basically... Partner issues, she, she's going through something very difficult and I feel horrible. 
But I said, why is she calling me? I, I, I haven't spoken to her. She says, because you guys inspire me. So I said to myself, we're inspiring someone that's going through hell and back right now who I don't really speak to that much to give her the solution to what she's going through. And I said, I can't give you the solution, but I could tell you what, what, what I would do. And she thanked me from the bottom of her heart. And she just said, what you guys are doing is something very, very special. And you don't realize how many people you guys touch. Even if it's the littlest thing, it can make the biggest difference. And that's what made me realize that we need to continue to be the greatest showman of all time. Yep. We need to continue to be on stage at all times. Yep. 100%. The stage doesn't come down. Mm. The stage is always set up. Thank you. Thank but, you. But. There's no but. No. I like to caution something. Caution. Yes. With respect to the person's way of thinking what respect is. Not disrespecting people. Doing the stage, but having respect while doing it. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to LA because this was the, the reason yeah. we're talking about the plane before was because we had to go to LA to launch USA. And they're in a, according to the news, they're in a bad lockdown. That's not stopping me. I'm going January 8th Woo! to Los Angeles. And I'm staying there on a one-way ticket. I don't know Woo! what's going to yes, happen. Yes, yes. But I will build my stage that I'm there on with respect, but I will get things done because when I'm on stage, Ugh. it's a theatric, babe. 100% it's babe. It's theatric of life. Babe, it is. You know what people, okay, and, and here's my two cents is we always here's what we got to remember and i think this is this is to you jacques what i want you to take away from today and whoever else is listening who might be having the same kind of situation that you're having right now is it's five minute periods we don't have to play the entire game game babe so it's not about going down to la and blowing shit up over fucking night it's a five minute period you know, it, it, it doesn't have to explode instantly. It could take months. So remember, you're not going there to go and be, to, to blow shit up right away. You're going there to get your feet wet. Get Single. those feet wet. Can I, can That's I it. And, and have only those expectations. It's hard though, you know, yeah. knowing that we, we're all pumped, you know, we're all excited. It, I know, but babe, I know you. But I get fired up. And babe, the thing babe, is, babe, 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 let me r remind you on something. Talk about the Toronto. Wait, so, the Tro I'm Tro bringing that Toronto. up. Yeah. yeah. When we first started, no, no, no. Because when we first started, okay, Jake's like, oh, my following's in Toronto. I know everybody there. It's going to be great. So we're, we're, when we started, we were exploding in Montreal. And then it's time for Jake to go to Toronto to build the same type of hype. And then he goes, oh, I don't know if I want to go. Da, 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 da. I don't know what to do there. So I said, just go. He gets down there. He's in like the, you're in the worst vibe ever. You call me, you're like, you're, you're breaking down. Like, I don't know Full what to meltdown. do. Everybody I know is not here anymore. Blah, blah. I said, Jake, go and figure yourself. Go get a gym membership. Go <laughs> go into the the steam. Equinox. Next thing I know, Jake's in the steam. This is from, you came from, you had a serious breakdown to going into the, the gym membership. And then calling us and saying, I'm ready. I know what's up. I already met this, this, and this person in the steam. And, and, and you were on fire. I know. And you're having the same doubts in yourself about L.A. I, I know. It, listen, I understand. It was a long year. It was, it was a long it was a, year. <laughs> it's the blows. It comes back to this, the original statement of fatigue of being permanently. And it is permanent. I don't care who says it isn't. It's, it's, when you get hit down so many times, when Mike Tyson got knocked down so many yep. times, he's not the same fighter after. Obviously, he could continue his resilience and his grit, but he's not the same fighter. It happens. We got hit. We got TKO'd this year hundreds of times. But we're going to be better. We will in a different way. 
But what I'm trying to say is, yes, I'm going to go down there. But to not have the expectations that I want to blow this motherfucker up, just like, just like what Midday Squares has become here in Montreal, mm. makes me... And it's Toronto. Just, it, and Toronto and Vancouver. It's just hard. It's hard to not see that i know it's like instagram instant gratification yeah that's what it, but that's what tough. creates analysis paralysis having too much on your mind actually holds you back from doing something but the beauty is yes the beauty his, en- his engines are his engines are firing we're going to la the tribes built the stage is set the people are there the dinners are ready <laughs> the drinks are flowing <laughs> i'm they're, jealous they're waiting we might even all go who yeah. knows well who, who knows visit okay but here's, here's the thing, everybody fucking listening. We will not end on a note of despair. Mm-mm. We will Never. end on this note. Shakespeare, okay, this was something I did not know. Had a moment, okay, in history of he went through the plague. And his theater was closed for a year. One full year. So Shakespeare in his time had his theater closed and he was basically uh, sent for, everybody was sent for self-isolation because the plague was gnarly. People were dropping like flies. And in that year, he wrote Macbeth, um, Romeo and Juliet, and I forget what other. His, basically, his greatest hits were made in that one year. And, and Shakespeare was writing for a long time. And so I challenge everybody that's listening to not hide behind COVID. And to Jake's point, be respectful of it, acknowledge that it's there, but do not use it as a pillar mm. to hide behind to say that, you know what? That company I want to start this year, not the right time to do it, or that thing that I want to do, not the right time to do it because of COVID. Go out there, take your fucking bubble guns like we always talk about, Load it up, jack it, and start firing. Because when January comes, we're going to LA. We're launching the US. We're fucking traversing the entire continental USA. And we're getting shit done. And on that note, I want you all to fucking win. Three, two, one. Ole, 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 ole. Ole, ole. Ole, 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 ole. Ole, ole. Midday Squares uncensored. Take out your fucking bubble guns. You are the best and go win. See you next week. Go enjoy everything and make it happen. Mm-hmm.